Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Shelby Kramer, who had an escape collection wedding at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear the story of how she chose Disney and how she planned everything, and of course, how everything turned out. So welcome, Shelby. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided you wanted to have an escape wedding at Walt Disney World. So we had been together for 12, well, actually 11 years at the time we got engaged, 12 years before we got married. So we had been to a ton of weddings together. And our very favorite ones that we had attended were destination weddings. One of our friends got married in the Florida Keys, and it was just so much fun having a whole weekend to celebrate the couple. So we kind of knew right away going into it that we were interested in doing a destination wedding. My fiancé at the time, now my husband, He had mentioned that going to Harry Potter World at Universal would have been very cool, but they don't really capitalize on that or make it very easy to find out information um, to plan that, so it kind of put Disney on our radar. I really jump right into things when I get something in my head. So I dove into researching, I found your podcast, I found your website and your book, I found some Disney bride groups on Facebook, and I really kind of started to get into the idea and it really put a wrench into things after I started like doing my initial digging when Kyle had said, well, you know, the escape collection, it's really kind of limiting with the amount of guests you can have. And it kind of threw me into a meltdown because I had this vision in my head of this small little destination wedding and thinking about having like a big traditional wedding kind of like put me in meltdown mode. <laughs> so once I kind of knew that I felt so strongly about having the escape wedding, it really solidified that that was the right package for us. That is interesting because a lot of times I feel like couples maybe think, oh, I wish I could have a wishes wedding, you know, escape. It isn't as grand or you don't get as much handholding. But it's interesting that you actually preferred that smaller, more streamlined package and the smaller guest list. Right. I really liked that it was very like pick and choose and it didn't have a lot of the whole planning and I'm kind of like a little bit of a shy person about being the center of attention. So that kind of just made me feel better about it being a very small, intimate event. Now, how did your friends and family feel about the idea of going to Disney World for your wedding? Oh, they were very excited. My whole family are huge Disney fans, so they were really, really into the idea. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? I know that people that are listening to this that might know me might be offended, but we kind of had an A-list and a (laughs) B-list. We invited some of the people that we knew had to be invited, immediate family, some of our very close friends. And as people would kind of respond yes or no, it freed up a couple more spots to invite 
a few other people. We did keep it mostly just to parents and siblings and a couple close friends. I did invite one of my cousins because she's local to Florida. And so we ended up with 17 guests on the day of. We were supposed to have 18, but there was a very, very horrible, terrible, unfortunate event that happened 10 days before our wedding. My mother passed away. Mm. Yeah, it was very shocking. Um, She wasn't sick. It was just totally out of the blue. And it kind of threw all of our plans into a tizzy as we kind of discussed, like, should we cancel? Should we postpone? Or should we go through with it? It was a lot of just stress. How did you make that decision? I just can't imagine having to be faced with that. Right. So I kind of felt almost selfish thinking about the wedding at the time. Like I was almost worried to even bring it up to my family being like, you know, what do you guys think of this? I didn't want to make it like all about me, like because it wasn't about me at that time. But with 10 days before the wedding, it was really, you had to think about what to do at that time. Like there wasn't a lot of time to hem and haw and kind of not think about the whole situation. So we sat on it. We, you know, we didn't make a decision right away. There was a little bit of time before we would have had to cancel our hotel. I reached out right away to all of our vendors, our wedding planner, the the hotel, everyone. And everyone was so accommodating. They're like, don't worry about it. If you have to push it out, just let us know. You know, if you have to postpone, that's fine. So that was really nice that everyone was so accommodating in that way. But there were just so many things that would have been too stressful to move, like our flights and our hotel for all of our guests too, since it was a destination for almost everybody attending. That would have been a lot of upheaval for everybody's plans. And ultimately, I knew that my mom was like the biggest Disney fan of all of us, and she would have wanted us to go through with it. So that really, really pushed us into keeping our plan. And it was kind of comforting to know that my mom knew the whole plan. Like she was involved in all of the dress, like picking out the dress and all of the planning. And if we kept it the same, it would have been what my mom knew it as. Wow. Were you able to add anything to the ceremony to memorialize her? We did. So we had planned to have a corsage for both the moms, and we just had Disney keep it and put it on her chair. So it was like very hard to see that, but it was very special, and we kept it and dried it out, and it's with with my dad now. So. And I'd imagine that maybe getting to be with everybody together so soon after it happened could have been helpful because then you can all talk about the experience together. Right. Yep, it was. Disney really is a bubble. And I think being there was kind of a good distraction for everybody. And it was nice to just kind of like step back and take a break from that. It was a little bit hard to, we tried to compartmentalize like the the passing and the the wedding. And luckily we were able to get everything sorted out before we had to leave. So there's the funeral before we left. And that kind of helped to kind of keep them a little bit separate. But yeah, it was really tough. Ugh, I mean, I'm no psychologist, but I have been through <laughs> the loss of both of my parents. And I know that sometimes compartmentalizing is the only way you can get through it. And to have right. moments where you just allow yourself to be joyful and for, in your case, to have one of the most joyous events of your entire life, your wedding, I feel like that must have just been really healthy for you. 
Yeah, it was. And it really was such a gorgeous, wonderful day. And I'm very happy that we went through with it because it was really great. Huh. Okay. So which ceremony venue did you choose for your wedding? So we picked Seabreeze Point. Initially, I had really fallen in love with the Epcot Canada location because I thought it was just so cool because it was in the park. But I was not in love with the 9 a.m. start time. <laughs> so Seabreeze Point, it was. That was the one that my dad had originally kind of really liked. And he was like, oh, you should pick that one because it's so beautiful and it looks really vintage. Um, and he was right. Dads are always right. Um, <laughs> so we went with Seabreeze Point. And it was just so pretty. The boardwalk is so gorgeous. And luckily, uh, Seabreeze Point, I didn't feel like it needed any decoration because it just looked pretty by itself. Did you add events at other locations? We did have a dessert party in Norway, Epcot. Oh, wonderful. Okay, great. Maybe we can talk about that in a second because I always like to hear what desserts you picked. (laughs) Right. Uh, Can you tell me a bit about the planning process? You said you enjoyed the fact that it was mostly checking off boxes. Yes, I did really like that. It was great to not have to stress about too much, and it was just checking off the boxes. Which options from the package did you choose? So we picked the silver Mickey Heads cake because it was both adorable and classy at the same time. (laughs) We were able to get Disney to split up the top and the bottom for two different flavors. So on the top, we did a lemon cake with a strawberry mousse. And on the bottom, we did an almond cake with the Amaretto Crunch filling, which was Incredible. It was to die for. I wish that I could have a slice of that every single day. (laughs) Did you add any upgrades to the package? We did swap out the personal floral. So I am very petite and I was very worried that a bride size bouquet would have overwhelmed my dress. So I was kind of, I wanted to have a little more control over it. And I looked into doing solo wood flowers And I really liked the idea because I wanted to keep my bouquet and the preservation cost was quite expensive. And if I did fake floral, that way I could keep it and it would look great forever. So it was nice because I got to have my control over my bouquet, just bringing it. And then Disney was able to swap that out for an altarpiece for us. So that was just set on a table inside Seabreeze Point. And we got two corsages for the moms with the package as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day ran? Sure. So I got up about 6 a.m. And we had arranged for Stacy Otto from Fairytale Hair and Makeup to come uh, to Pop Century. That's where we stayed. And she came and did my hair and my sister's hair and makeup. That took about until 10.30. And there were two limo rides arranged for us one for the groom and one for us that came at about 10.45. And then we added on a extra hour of photography time so we could do a first look and also just some extra couples pictures around the boardwalk. So the limo took us to the boardwalk lobby and as soon as we got into the limo, it started pouring, mm. like completely pouring. I was very upset We had known that it was a potential for rain on our morning, and I had a phone call with our planner the day before, and I was like, all right, if there's anything you can do to keep us in Seabreeze Point, I would be so happy and do anything. So as as long as you're not going to get in trouble, just keep us there. 
So I was really worried. Um, I didn't get a phone call from her that morning, so I was thinking that everything was fine to keep us in Seabreeze, and it was. And thankfully, once we got there, it just started kind of sprinkling, and we were able to go out onto the back porch of Boardwalk to do our first look. And at that point, it basically had stopped raining, so that was really nice. We did walk down to Seabreeze Point, and we had umbrellas, and it made for some good pictures. Our ceremony was at noon, and we had that. We didn't do a first dance. We did do a staged bubble exit, which was kind of cute. And we did a wine box and letter ceremony inside of our ceremony time. That's interesting. So you did the cake cutting and that kind of thing. You just didn't do the dance. Correct. Yep. And then one fun thing that we did was we got our photographer to take a group picture of us all. And we had brought Mickey ears for everybody. So that made for a really cute picture afterwards. Hmm. We did have a little bit of extra limo time after our ceremony that took some people to Disney Springs. We had a catered lunch at House of Blues in Disney Springs. And... While people were being taken over there, we had a little bit of extra time to take some photos at the boardwalk. It did clear up. It was sunny, so that was nice. And one cool thing that we got to dip into, which I didn't see a lot of brides get to do before, is we got to go in Abercadabar. So that was really fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a good place for pictures. Yeah, it was. It was really wonderful. So we headed to House of Blues shortly after that, around 3 And I keep calling it like, I didn't know if it was lunch or dinner because it was kind of in the middle of the day, but we had our lunch, dinner, dinner (laughs) at three in the lightning room of House of Blues. And my dad surprised me with something super fun afterwards. We all walked from House of Blues to the boathouse in Disney Springs, and he sprung to do an amphicar ride for me and my husband. Wow. Yeah, that was so much fun. They put a little just married sign on the amphicar and it just like drove right into the water and it was a blast. <laughs> I hope you got photos. Yeah, we did. It was it was fun. I asked the lady, I'm like, can I bring my bouquet in here? Is it going to get wet? And she was like, if I do my job right, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we had a very, very short break after that. I think a couple people did back to the hotel for about like a half hour. And then we had a dessert party at Epcot. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about your House of Blues reception. What was it like working with them to plan that? They were so great. I really enjoyed working with them. They were easy to talk to. They were willing to work with us on our budget. And it was a breeze. It was way easier than contacting any of the other locations. We had initially contacted Homecoming, and they weren't as easy to work with. Interesting. Just hard to get them to write back to you or not as flexible? They were. They responded well, but they weren't as flexible with the different types of packages that you could have, um, whereas House of Blues really customized it for us. Okay, cool. What package did you start with and then what did they let you change? We basically got a list of different menu options from them and We didn't want a dessert because we were coming from eating cake and then we were going to a dessert party later. And I was like, all right, we don't need to eat dessert three times in one day, even though I love dessert. It just seemed like overkill. So they let us kind of cut that and we did just bill on consumption drinks, which was great. 
And yeah, it was, it was very easy to work with them. I did try to arrange to have the 501st Legion of Stormtroopers come to House of Blues. <gasps> I had gotten in contact with them. They were like, all right, you need to get approval from Lucasfilm and Disney and House of Blues. They need to like get in touch with us. So our planners at House of Blues jumped through so many hoops and they did get approval to make it happen. But after that, when I emailed the Stormtroopers back, they didn't email me back. So we didn't actually get that to happen, but we almost did, which I was kind of surprised about because I heard that sometimes it's a little difficult to go through all the hoops to get that to happen. That is interesting. Huh, that's a shame. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer, but I mean, it was such a fun day that I didn't really miss it too much. And do you have any menu items at House of Blues that you would recommend? We did shrimp po'boys and... I think it was a brisket sandwich as our two options. Oh, no, there was also a salad option for our main courses. And then for starters, we had a gumbo and I think a different type of salad, like a wedge salad. So they were all delicious. I, I got the shrimp po' boy, but the brisket sandwich looked just as good. And then for your dessert party in Epcot, do you have any recommendations of desserts that you liked? So yes, we since we were having a lunch dinner at three, I figured people might be a little bit hungry for something savory at the dessert party in addition to having dessert. So we did a nacho bar with chicken and that was really great because it was kind of interactive and fun and we had a couple allergies in our party. There was a gluten-free and somebody that was allergic to dairy. So that kind of enabled us to have guests just put whatever they could eat on their food. So just forego the cheese or, you know, nacho chips are gluten-free. So that worked out really well. And then we did a key lime tart, which was shaped like a Mickey head, mm-hmm. and also assorted cheesecakes. That's great. And talk to me a bit about how you liked that venue. It can be tricky to get photos that don't have overhanging trees in them, but when you are just watching the show, it seems like it's a pretty great view. Right. So Vikings Landing, I had heard so many bad reviews about the trees and how they kind of block the view. But when you're right up close to the fencing there, right along the water, you don't really see the trees at all. And I was worried about how it was going to look in photos, but we kind of just scooted off like towards the end of our little, it's kind of like a strip. And we were just at like the very edge of it. The trees were like kind of on the right side of us. And they didn't really get in the way for the photos. And one thing that I kind of liked that Stephanie, our photographer, did was she kind of took like pretty close-up photos of us so that the, the fireworks kind of illuminated the background of our pictures. It just kind of made it like this dramatic, like it almost looked like the apocalypse, like explosions <laughs> behind us. So it was kind of like fun and dramatic and it turned out great. I thought they were wonderful pictures. Oh, it's so great to hear. One thing that was kind of interesting was, I wasn't expecting this, because we didn't have any alcohol on our menu, but Disney surprised us with a free champagne toast at our dessert party. They were like, hey, do you want champagne? And I'm like, duh, yes. (laughs) So that was cool. Yeah, especially since you didn't have a bartender or anything. That's Right, yeah. Yeah, that was really bizarre. I don't know where that came from, but no complaints. (laughs) We did have a ride mix in at our dessert party. Oh, neat. Which ride did you do? One of the ladies from Disney pulled us aside at the beginning of our dessert party, and she said, well, we'd like to sprinkle some extra pixie dust on your day. 
And if you would like, we would like to escort you and all your guests to a ride of your choice. And they gave us a choice between Soren and the Frozen ride. Mm -hmm. And we picked Soren just because it was just kind of a really cool, impressive ride for some of our guests that aren't as familiar with Disney. It was very like interactive and immersive with all the smells. So they just took us to Soren and it was extra magic hours. Wow, that's great because, yeah, usually during extra magic hours, if you try to pay for one of those, they tell you no way. So <laughs> Right. I hadn't even brought it up with my planner because I knew that it was going to be a no. So that was a complete surprise. And it was very, very cool because a few of our guests weren't going to come with us to the parks later in the week. So they got to go on a ride and kind of experience something really special Disney with us. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you focused your attention or you focused your budget? So I was really focused on getting good photography because I feel like that is such a great thing and one of the main things that you can use to remember your day. And I wasn't as excited about decor just because I feel like it's something that when you're in the thick of it and it's all busy and you're just blasting through the day you don't notice it as much and a lot of our spaces we chose were just naturally beautiful okay out of all of this what ended up being your favorite memory of the day definitely the dessert party i was really on the fence about doing it at first just because i kind of found out that i could do it through the wedding planner and i didn't have to go through disney catered events so it wasn't quite as expensive as i thought and I'm so glad that I did that. One thing that was very cool that I hadn't heard any other brides talking about was just the experience of walking through Epcot in your wedding dress. Mm -hmm. It was insane. There were people just cheering and clapping and so many congrats. And we basically felt like celebrities. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought up that distinction because I think a lot of people, you know, when they find out that you can do a dessert party through Disney catered events and there's this minimum, they don't understand that if you're adding a dessert party to a wedding event, there is no overall minimum. You just pay the actual cost of the party. And so maybe people think that's only for wishes. But yeah, escape and memories now, you can add a dessert party or any other kind of catered event and there's no overall minimum. So I'm glad you mentioned that. One thing I should note while we are talking about this is that Disney recently instituted per-person minimum expenditures for Memories Collection and Escape Collection couples who are planning dessert parties through their Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings planner. But they are so low, that's $37 per person, that if your group is as small as it probably is for Escape or Memories, you will actually be paying more just based on the food and beverage minimum at whatever venue you choose. So you don't even have to worry about the per person minimum because they just charge you whichever is higher. So an example would be if you are at a venue that has a $1,000 food and beverage minimum and you only have 20 guests because you did an escape collection wedding, you are already going to have to pay $50 per person for food and beverage just to meet the venue's food and beverage minimum. So you don't even have to worry about the $37 per person. Right. I was very excited when I learned that because I just didn't think that was even a possibility for me. But yeah, I say if you have any room in your budget to do it, do it because it was really cool. Now, did anything with the wedding go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Just like the rain kind of sneaking up on us a little bit, but it actually ended up being cute because we got some cute umbrella photos and, you know, it cleared up. But that was really 
the only thing that went wrong, it just goes so fast. There's no time to even think about or dwell on anything that might not be 100% right. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Is there anything you know now that you wish you'd known when you were planning? Yep, just stop and enjoy it. Don't let the day pass you by. It goes so quick. Really, that's it. Okay. Any other tips or advice for future couples, perhaps those who are considering escape? Yes. So one thing that I didn't really think about too much before we left was that we were going to have leftover cake. Like that cake feeds a lot of people, way more than people you can invite to your escape collection wedding. (laughs) So (laughs) Disney packaged up our entire top layer for us that didn't even get broken into. And then about two-thirds of the bottom and they put them in these gigantic boxes like massive larger than a normal cake box box and my brother-in-law luckily he had his van they um my my sister and my brother-in-law had driven down to florida and they took the giant boxes to pop Century front desk and they put it in the fridge and later in the week we went to the pop Century food court and got a bunch of takeout boxes and we like hacked the cake up into little chunks Put it in the, I think it was like five takeout boxes it filled up, and we were able to just stack those in our mini fridge so we didn't have to keep going down to the front desk to be like, uh, we want a slice of cake. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was definitely something that I hadn't heard discussed before that, and it's a good tip. And I'll add my own tip because I get a cake every time I go to Disney. You can bring your own like Tupperware, Gladware, <laughs> whatever. And I have filled my mini fridge to the brim with those full of extra cake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's so good. It makes the best breakfast. For sure. Especially the churro one because the churro one is kind of like cinnamony like a breakfast. Oh, it's so good. Mm, yum. Well, Shelby, I think this has been really great advice for anyone who's interested in planning an escape collection event at Walt Disney World, and I really appreciate your taking the time to share your story. Thank you, Carrie. It was great to uh, go back and review my day. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>